Thank you, worship team. Um, like you said, a little rain can't keep us from worshiping the Lord today, right, everybody? We are here, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. Um, Once again, this is your first time. If you're joining us online, we're especially glad. Um, It's a great uh, community to be a part of. And and so if you've been with us the last few weeks, um, we've been in a sermon series. Today we're kind of taking a little, like, break in the middle of it, though it may fit in the the idea of um, what 1 Peter is about, this idea of being different. But the title of today's message is Belong. Is belong, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to belong. Um, but I thought it'd be fun, just given a kind of holiday weekend, and of course the spirit. I'm the pastor of fun. Um, that's my nickname here at Table Life Church. Um, I thought we'd start out with a little bit of a game, or really a little bit of some some questions to kind of frame where we're going today. And um, and the game is question: Which would you do first? Which would you do first? So what I'm going to do is give you two options, two things. Once again, you're not deciding whether you would do either or, one or the other. You're not picking one and saying you're not going to do the other. But if you were to choose one of them to do first, which would you do? Okay, do you guys get that? That's kind of where we're going. Okay, so I'll give you the two things, and then I'll ask you know, who would choose this and who would choose this. So which would you do first? Would you... Attend a free Taylor Swift concert, or would you attend a free Beach Boys concert? Mm. Okay, so which would you do first? Once again, you're going to both. Would you attend Taylor Swift? T-Swift, right? Farewell tour, there we go. Um, what about Beach Boys? Gotta love them, right? You know, surfing USA and all that fun stuff. I have to say, I'm a Beach Boys fan, so love, that, love their music. Um, okay, so uh, next one. Would you... This is really, really high stuff here. Spread peanut butter on a sandwich first or spread jelly? Same knife, by the way. Same knife. So which would you choose? Peanut butter. Peanut butter, right? Okay, and jelly people? Loud and proud, right? Jelly? Okay, we are not, don't look around everybody. You're not, no judging here. Okay, jelly? There, I guess there is like a, a, there could be judgment with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Same knife, once again. Do you use separate, anybody use separate knives? Do you use separate knives? Why, right? It's like going in the same place, right? Okay, what about, okay, beginning of the season, the pool is very, very cold, but you're going to go swimming. Do you ease into the pool first, foot by foot, or do you jump off the diving board? Quick or slow. Okay, ease into the pool first. Ease in, you go pain, you know, step by step. You just jump off, the jumping off people, yeah. I think it probably tells something about your personality in some test or something. Okay, another technical one. Do you first, which would you do first in the morning? Do you put on your shirt or put on your pants or skirt? Okay, think about this, reflect. Okay, I want you to reflect. What did you do? Okay, who puts their shirt on first? Okay, who puts the pants on? Okay, or shorts or whatever we're doing, right? Okay, okay, and last but not least, which would you do first? Eat a burrito or brush your teeth? Okay, we'll see where the, okay, eat a burrito. Okay, first, brush the teeth first. Brush the teeth before the burrito, right? 
Okay, yeah, see, there's people that would do the burrito before the season. Well, okay, so all things aside, all questions aside, the reason I ask this, the reason I ask is because sometimes order matters. Sometimes order matters, and other times it doesn't matter. Um, and this, this, I think, kind of connects into um, an experience of church. I don't know if you've ever moved, um, maybe you've moved locally or, or across states, or you've been here, maybe you've been here your whole life, I don't know. But, but sometimes, um, maybe this is part of your story, sometimes when people move, um, you may move from, maybe you were a part of one church in one area and moved to a new area. Um, sometimes when people move, especially if people have been a part of a church that I've served or, or been a part of staff, um, I'll get people to ask like recommendations of a new church where they're going. Um, and um, we've had this before, some of our young adults, actually like several that have, have, have moved from here, whether to go to, go to go to school or on internships or whatever, have like asked me, like, Pastor Chris, like, do you have a recommendation for a good church where I'm going? Like, I want to keep worshiping. I'm like, great, that's awesome. And, um, and, and the thing is, when somebody asks me, like, hey, is this a good church? Like, I found this, like, whatever, first whatever church of so-and-so. Um, I do what you all do. <laughs> I first go to their website, I go to their website, and especially if I'm not familiar with the area or whatever, I go to their website, you know, is this a good church? And, um, and the first thing is when I want to recommend a church to somebody is that they have a website. Because um, believe it or not, there are churches that, that don't. And, um, and usually on a church website, if you've ever gone to our website or another church website, you've seen, usually there's like a tab there, like at the top, or maybe it's at the bottom, or a little something to click. It's something to click. And it says, usually like, I'm new, or like about us or whatever. So if I want to learn about this church that so-and-so wants to visit, I'll go there. And, um, and, and it's interesting to me too, especially as a pastor, when I look at different church websites, is how they introduce themselves to new people. Especially like, once again, I have no idea. First church of where Augusta or whatever it is. Like how they introduce themselves to new people. And, and so I want to read you some that I've discovered um, so the first is, we are a part of the M-A-N-A-Z and have a strong N-Y-I and N-M-I that are going to N-Y-C after we get back from the G-A and I-N this year. Some of you all know what that said. Some of you are like, I have absolutely no idea because nothing says welcome like sharing acronyms. You know that, right? Maybe at your workplace. Um, another website, Pastor Ron is our new pastor and will start his ministry with us July 1st, 2018. Hasn't been updated in a while. But, but the thing is, then, then others so, you know, share those kinds of things. But then others start sharing basically what they believe. Statements of faith, like right there on the, the front, like I'm new. Um, one, one that I came across said, we believe in the literal interpretation of Genesis and sciences of Satan. That's one opinion. Um, another one said, we believe in the rapture at Christ's coming. Um, another said, we believe in the Pope as the, of the spokesman of God and for the entire church. Um, another one said, we believe evidence of salvation comes through speaking in tongues. Uh, one church actually, get this, had such a lengthy statement that was like so theologically deep, I had a hard time understanding what in the world they were saying. What did they actually believe? Um, but the thing is, it wasn't so much like the beliefs that bothered me, though I would have to say I probably disagree with many of them. Um, it was more so that many of the churches led 
and, and it's kind of started the means of introducing themselves to a brand new person who's trying to figure out, uh, trying to see if this church is right. They tried to introduce themselves with what we believe. You know, it's kind of is communicating in a way that if a church is saying, if you want to belong with us, if you want to be a part of us, then you better believe this. You better believe what we do. And so, so today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about belief and belong. And the, really the role that belief plays so many times in, in many of our churches. And it may seem really weird, but I think it's, it's super important. See, the, the, the big C church, like you want to call the, call the worldwide church, um, especially you want to see the American church, has held for a long, long time the order of believe and belong as being believe in order to belong. It kind of looks like this. You know, this is how our denominations have formed, that kind of thing. Starting with believe first, you better believe this, 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 and this. Then you better behave, you better do and not do the things that we tell you to do, and then you can belong. Then you can be a part of us. If any of those ways, believing or behaving, you get wrong in the meantime, then maybe this isn't the community for you. But basically, this kind of order of believing, behaving, belonging, it basically boils down our faith in Jesus uh, to basically checking off a list of doctrines or beliefs. Basically, that's what it makes faith, is this, this kind of like, okay, I acknowledge, I believe that. And the implication is that you believe this stuff, then the church, we're the church for you. But if you're unsure in any way, if you have any questions at all, it's kind of like, well, maybe you don't belong. You probably should move on. You know, and, and the thing is, I, I get it personally to a certain level. You know, I want to make sure that I go to a church that teaches about Jesus. There's nothing crazy going on. It's not like we're going to have the cooler up here and start taking snakes out left and right. Like, you know, be crazy stuff in some places. But so many churches turn their statements of belief into a litmus test for who belongs and who doesn't? And beliefs can, can really become like an entrance, entrance exam, can like, like an entrance exam that bars anyone who has not arrived at that place yet. Um, and you think about it, though, even just thinking about this kind of order, when you think about it, a list of beliefs is really, really a tough place to start any relationship or really to start anything, jobs, all kinds of stuff, not just church. I mean, so get this, imagine, imagine say you, you meet somebody that maybe you share an interest. You know, you're starting off a new friendship. Imagine if you started off a friendship or even a romantic relationship with a checklist. Like you sat down and you said, you meet someone and the first thing is that you have a checklist of all the politics, all the things about religion, all their likes or dislikes. Imagine if you did that with like all your friends. Well, I would guess that we'd never become friends with anybody. <laughs> Honestly, you know, or even along those same lines. Like say you were ready to join a gym. You finally like, you're like, okay, I'm going to join a gym. I want to get healthy. I want to work out. Imagine in order to join the gym, you have to be able to lift 50 pounds, run a full 5K, and be able to bench press 150. Like, no, like you're not there yet, right? Or, or even play like the pros. Or, or maybe in order to get the job, you applied for a job, you interviewed for a job, you, to get the job, you have to know everything about the company. Everything, the history, you have to know what they stand for, you have to know everything. But, but in any of those scenarios, it really doesn't give people a chance to figure things out, to own it for themselves, to discover, to grow. 
it basically what it does is it keeps people out who are curious, who need to grow. People, especially in the case of church, people who need Jesus. And the only people that it does keep is people who think exactly the same way. See, we see, though, in Scripture, we see a different story. Um, when, when you look at the person of Jesus, you see that he reflects a very different order than, than believe, behave, belong. See, Jesus, his version looks a little bit more like this, that you belong, then you become, then you believe. It's a bit of a flip there. See, Jesus, we see that Jesus teaches a different order, not saying that belief isn't important by any means, but that it's misused as a marker of authentic faith. Jesus practiced, kind of turned that idea on its head, and for Jesus, belonging was the starting point. Then, as you spend time around Jesus and the, com the community form around Jesus, things start changing. You start sensing. The transformation begins to happen, and then, then you come to a place of belief. And, and you see that all throughout Scripture, especially beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, Jesus is inviting people left and right to have a place around him in a spirit of belonging first. We see that all Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four of the Gospels, all the disciples, uh, especially I'm going to look at today, I'm going to look at the story of Matthew. You know, guys know who Matthew is? Matthew is one of the followers of Jesus who's reportedly uh, wrote the, the gospel that, is, that goes by his name. But Matthew, before he followed Jesus, he was a tax collector. And I'm not just talking like IRS, right? April 15th comes around and you like scratch your heads. You're like, how much money did I get of Uncle Sam? Well, well that to a T, right? To even a greater extent. That especially in the time of, of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, uh, people had to pay these exorbitant taxes um, to the Roman government in order to survive, in order to live. And, and this is the story right here of Matthew's calling. I want you to picture this in your mind. So as Jesus went on from there, Matthew tells us, he saw a man named Matthew. Matthew's talking in the third person here. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, he had dinner there. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. What's with that? When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've come to call, not, to call, not to call the righteous, but sinners. So, so invited, uh, the person invited here is Matthew, the Jewish traitor, a traitor to his own people. Yet Jesus goes up to him. Imagine, he's just another day at work. You know, maybe his family had disowned him because of his work. He was probably very wealthy. He had been getting along for a number of years. And this rabbi, this teacher, this reputed person comes up to him and calls him, Matthew, come follow me. Giving him a vision of belonging that he probably had not experienced sitting at that tax booth in any way, shape, or form throughout his life. And he invited him not to say, believe this, believe this, believe this, and then follow, but he just said, come, come, belong. He, he, Jesus showed first that the kingdom of God is open to anyone. It's open to everyone. Jesus, but first of all, though, invited the person, invited the people who nobody else wanted. 
Nobody else wanted him. See, he doesn't ask him to sign any any statement of faith. He doesn't even ask Matthew. Think of this, the number of times that he had been taking money from his own people. He didn't even ask him to repent. Or he didn't give give him a guide like to anger management or something. He requires nothing at all. He just says, come, follow me, belong to me. We want you, belong here. You know, imagine... Imagine a a church, imagine a church that offers that, that says to people that feel like they might not belong anywhere else, to say, we want you, we want you, belong to us, belong with us. And it's interesting in this story, you know, as Matthew's there and he gets up from his tax booth and he goes to be with Jesus, what's the first thing that Matthew does? He invites Jesus to dinner. And who else is there? Tax collectors, the sinners, the people who Jesus is not supposed to be around because he's a religious leader, right? The people he's hanging out with, the people that have all stuff wrong with them that are doing wrong. And yet Jesus sits down to dinner with them. And we see the people who have comments about this, the people that are rejecting what Jesus is doing are who? The religious people. (laughs) The religious people. They objected. They, they, they're saying, no, 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 they don't act the right way. They don't do the right thing. They, they, they can't belong to this rap, like to a rap. Who, who does that? You know, I, I mean, think about it, your own story. Have you ever been among people that you knew you didn't belong? Have you ever joined a group or a place and you knew, for instance, you didn't belong there? Um, I recall back to a time when I, before, when I was kind of like in, trying to figure things out on my own and um, I'd stopped going to church and I was living in Maryland doing research as an environmental scientist and I uh, felt a call to go back to church, but I didn't know what kind of church. I grew up Catholic and the Catholic church there um, was, well, let me just say this, it was not very welcoming at all. Couldn't understand what the priest was saying. It was called St. Mary's Refuge of Sinners. And talk about a welcome. A welcoming name, you know, once again, not against. I've, by the way, I've shared that with people and I've like had somebody from the congregation be like, I used to go there, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh. But um, yeah, so anyway, if that's you, if you online, like, part, please, like, I'll, I confess right now. Um, but so I, I was checking out different places. Um, once again, growing up Catholic, like the whole Protestant land was totally new and different to me. And I have to say, I toured, this is my church tour of, what was that, 2007, um, I toured around all these different churches, and I can tell you, there were many places I did not belong. And the funny thing was, some of the churches, they had a big welcome sign out front, and said, like, welcome, all are welcome here, come join us for worship. No, they, didn't, they don't want me, they don't want me, nobody talked to me, I walked in, walked out. No, or I had the people that were like, oh my gosh, a young person. Like, wow, okay, you're going to lead our youth ministry. I'm like, what's your name? Like, you know, it was just crazy. <laughs> and, and I was like, I just walked into these churches and walked down. And I was like, I don't belong there, God. If you want me to go to church, there has to be a place that I belong. And I haven't come to the place that I really know what I believe, but I need to belong somewhere. And, and that's what we see with, with Matthew here. Jesus starts with belonging. It's so crucial that the kingdom, if that's truly for everyone, then everyone belongs at the table. See, and while we're kind of living in a time, of course, of unprecedented connectivity, you know, we all have 
uh, most of us have smartphones in some way, you know, that people can access you wherever. Uh, you can talk to people like while you're on the bus, while you're in the bathroom, while you're shopping, wherever you are. Even so, people are lonelier than ever. And you know this, maybe you feel that way yourself. Um, even major corporations have discovered this. Um, they, they've discovered this. Actually, different businesses have offered opportunities for people to connect and to be known and to belong. Um, one of them, Lululemon, um, like an athletic company, they have clothing, um, and they offer online yoga classes for people to connect with one another. Um, those of you Harley people, Harley Davidson, they have special rides just for the Harley people. Um, you know, all these different groups, and, and that's the thing, that's what the local church is designed to do, to foster belonging. Uh, one of my favorite authors and pastors, Carrie Newhoff, he says it like this, he says, nobody should be able to out-community the local church. See, Jesus, though, Jesus started with belonging. He started there. But then we see in the story of the disciples, we see that he also didn't stop there. And that's important, too, that once invited in, Jesus challenged his followers, he challenged them to begin a new way of life. But this new way of life wasn't about a checklist of behaving. It wasn't about do's and don'ts. And that's merely outward, by the way. You know, you could choose to do a lot of things or not choose to do a lot of things. And then you mess up and you feel bad and guilty and it just kind of goes on. But his version was more about becoming. Becoming. You know, you, you, you know this. The, they say that the, the 10 people that you hang around the most are the, is basically dictating the direction of your life, who you're becoming. Um, it's this transformation that happens. And that's what Jesus, he wanted them to bring their lives more in line with the kingdom, but to start in here, that they would have a desire to do it, not be forced from the outside, but a desire, a change in heart, and, and a change in, in their relationships, how they see other people, how they saw use of money, how they saw their bodies, the gifts that they were given, how they saw even their mistakes and their mess-ups, that they would begin a new way of life. And this, this all really culminated when, when eventually Jesus, he walked along with them, he called his disciples, they traveled with him, they followed him, they saw him do miracles, they saw him do this and that. And then, then we're told, Luke tells us this, when he had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And... Get this, he sent them out. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Imagine this, that after a time of learning and growing, Jesus says, boom, you guys go do it. They hadn't arrived at a belief point, by the way. They'd been traveling. They'd been becoming for a while. They were following and they were confused about what this all was about. And then Jesus says, now go and do what I did. Go and do what I taught you. And this is critical because it's demonstrating how faith is also a journey and a new way of living. We start with belonging, but that's not the only thing. But as we start to follow Jesus, as we start to have our lives intertwined with other disciples, we practice the way of Jesus, you start to become different. You know, that's why, like, it's important, like, even somebody that's like, I don't really know what I believe, like, hey, if you're trying to figure things out, come and join us at church. Come and join us in this group. We don't care like that you're not there yet. Like, be among us. And guess what? Sooner or later, there's a transformation. Like, I begin to have more peace in my life. I begin to see that the big things I thought were so important maybe aren't. I believe to have a sense of maybe I'm not alone. Maybe there is something to this idea of faith in Christ. See, because discipleship 
was about apprenticing someone, walking alongside to process, to struggle, to ask questions, and try things out and to experience. And guess what? Over the course of time, you may change some of the things that you think, and that's okay. That as you begin to deepen uh, that relationship, as you begin to ask questions and walk along the way, you know, you, you know this, that you begin to, to walk and maybe see things differently, see those messes differently, see maybe God at work in your life, and that transformation, that becoming happens. But finally, after belonging and becoming, and after uh, having your beliefs challenged, after growing and being transformed, we see that even the disciples, basically a year or so after following, we see this, this next phase in his, their journey. And Luke tells us this in Luke 9. When Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them this pivotal question, who do the crowds say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. God's Messiah. An important conversation. What do you understand about me now? You, you've been belonging, that there's been a becoming. But now, what is it? What do you actually believe? And this is over a course of years, by the way. See, Jesus, Jesus thought that beliefs mattered but they were only arrived at after belonging and following and journeying and becoming happened. Jesus challenged the beliefs of the disciples over time. I mean, imagine you had these, these brothers that were zealots. They were part of this political party that said, we need to radically overthrow our government. We need to reclaim things back. He invited them to follow. And guess what? Over time, they were transformed. We had Matthew, the tax collector, sitting at the tax booth, who had rejected his own people, who was stealing money from people, basically, that, from friends and family. And he, too, he journeyed alongside and was, was transformed. You know, we have these, these fishermen, these guys with, like, like, filthy mouths. You imagine what those first few days were like. You know, what they were saying, this, especially when they got angry or discouraged. You know, they, too, are invited to follow Jesus. All these messy people who journeyed along with Jesus, and this, this happened, that they were given time to wrestle, to wonder who Jesus was, and to finally come to a new belief about Jesus and what he was about. And it's interesting because what we see later in the scriptures, especially in the book of Acts, which is kind of like part two, episode two of Luke's writings, we see that the disciples would come to have very, very strong beliefs about Jesus especially after they experienced him after the resurrection, after they were hidden in that upper room at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, we see that most of them, that they would die for their faith. They would be put to death for their faith. And they never would have gotten there, though, if they weren't first invited to belong. To belong. So belong. Become. Believe. Maybe that's more of the direction to go that Jesus starts with belonging, and maybe we need to as well. Maybe you and I in our, in our personal lives, that ordering this way, beliefs then are born out of experiencing. They're shaped over time. You know, so those of us that maybe grew up in church, there has to come a point that we claim our beliefs for ourselves, not just what our parents told us or we were taught in Sunday school, that we come and we experience that over time and that this is important because I believe that us as Table Life Church, we will always start with that belonging. 
We will always have our doors and our hearts open to people that are trying to figure things out to say, be here, be loved, and belong. I think that's in line with how Jesus does it. A place of belonging. Come, worship. Participate in a group. If you're a friend that's not sure, whatever comes. Like, you can serve. You can make friends and grow. Be a part of a community and have others a journey alongside you. And that goes whether you've never read the Bible before or you have verses memorized from when you were 12. Or whether you've had a great life or a very hard life. But we don't want to leave you there. We don't want to leave you there. That to encourage and challenge you to begin that journey and to ask questions, to invite someone alongside you in that journey and to ask questions, to be challenged and to see the change. Because I think there's also some people that stay in the middle there that have never confessed Christ or never come to the conclusion and the belief in Christ that have experienced change and say, well, somebody's got to be causing this. Well, that next step of belief, then it it flows back into that sense of opening the belonging for everyone else. You know, what you've experienced, to share that with others. Because it's important to come into a belief of the life-transforming power of Christ And what that means in your daily life, what it means in your workplace, what that means in your family, what that means with how you use yourself, what you do with your time and your resources to be open to growth, to change, to new things about who Jesus is, but also who you are in light of him. To know that you belong to God. You belong. You belong to him. You belong to him not because of what you've done or what you haven't done, because of who you are, and that's enough. And I believe that that's the kind of church that Jesus imagines, the kind of church that Jesus embodies, and also the kind of people who Jesus calls us to be. Jesus started with belonging. I want to challenge you to start there too. Belong, become, then believe, and to be open to what he may do in your life and the life of those around you. Will you pray with me?